You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for August 3rd, 2018. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where we join Sarah Huckabee Sanders already in progress. It's an insane asylum, and it's your fault! It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. It's an insane asylum. It's it's a lot less scary when it's fictional, Blue Gal. Well, and you and I had a debate about which which movie clip to use for that, because going a little more southern, we could have done a clip from To Kill a Mockingbird. And uh, but I pointed out to you that the woman on the stand in that Mayella. scene where she's losing her mind. Mayella what Ewell. what is her name again? Ayala Yule. Her, uh, she's a victim. She's a condi- her condition. You know? She cannot change her condition. Right. She cannot improve her condition. She is stuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hot Lips Houlihan right. <laughs> has a lot of power over her life and her decisions and her choices. Yeah. And that's kind of the theme of our show today is, I, I think, it, one of the things I want to talk about today is what Sassy Gay Friend used to say, the, the comedy web show. Uh, look at your life. Look at your choices. Yeah. I was thinking there there is one other alternative we could use. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men. Uh-huh. Did you order the code right? You're goddamn right I did. Because that's really what she wants to say. Yeah. 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 And then she yeah. wants to sneer at everyone in the courtroom. Who's going to do it? You, Mr. Weinberg. I, I'm doing it from memory, so pardon me. Yeah. But you just know she wants to just fucking lose it. And she kind of did. She wants to give the game away to the point where they take her away and charge her with something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she can't yeah. quite do that. But God, she lost it today, man. She yeah, really did. she did. And she brought human shields with her. Yeah. We're recording this on Thursday. You know, when it's tough, she brings out, today it was Bolton and, you know, the FBI director, Christopher Ray, and uh, bringing those human shields when your job is simply to provide information to the press right. for the White House. You know, this should not be complicated. Better spokesmen for better White Houses have still lied and gotten away with it and not created this hellhole. Mm-hmm. of hostility between yourself and the media the entire you know? press well you know the problem yeah. is the problem is that she she has she has a greater responsibility than you could possibly fathom <laughs> that's the problem you know what this reminds me of we, in a really strange way um the surge the iraqi Why? surge because oh, well, yeah yeah because it's like yeah. the the degree to which you have fucked this up is now so blatant you cannot just lie about it you can't just yep. keep saying everything's great everything's great the liberal you've got to double down you yeah. have to pretend you have to at least acknowledge so in the surge what we did was we threw a bunch of troops at the problem we bribed the people mm-hmm. who were killing us to stop killing us declared victory and just stopped talking about it and yep. then blamed it all on obama mm-hmm. um but they have no choice. I mean, this really is, you know, when you have your your director of national intelligence mm-hmm. saying that he can't speak to what happened in Helsinki because he doesn't know, um, that's really bad. I mean, that's that cuts into your that that sort of gooey layer of I like Trump. And I'm not sure if I love him, but I like him. That gooey layer on top of the GOP mm-hmm. does not want to hear that. Oh no! The Russians are kicking our ass every day, and they're reaching into my computer, and they're fucking with my my locality. They're in my township, mm-hmm. and President mm-hmm. Stupid is ref- is refusing to acknowledge it and wants me to look away. Right. That'll work on almost everything else, but on that, it, it's not working. So we have to throw up a bunch of you know uh, talking heads who will talk tough, and then uh, Trump will just knife him in the back. You know, he'll just undercut everything within t- 48 hours. He's going to come out and say, which on, which on, which on, it's a mighty hoax. Yep. And just undercut everything she did today. And that's a decision that he's made and apparently has made with his lawyers. And that's yes. sort of the theme. Uh, we do have a new Cornfield Resistance partner this week. Drift we Glass. do. Yes, we do. You want to tell us about him? Sure. Uh, this week, we welcome a new Cornfield Resistance partner. Not a sponsor. It's a partnership. And it's uh, what we call a cult. Um <laughs> 
It's called Anon and on and on. Uh, it's the liberal response to QAnon. Yeah. And in case you weren't paying any attention to Donald Trump's Tampa rally, and really, why should you? Because it's the same fucking Nuremberg rally he has every single time. Except that uh, Tampa was special because it was invaded by outsiders right. who are also insiders. Right. Right. And and so QAnon, uh, for those in the media who think this is a brand new phenomenon that's never happened before, <laughs> boy, have I been hearing that a lot today. I would like you to go to your Google and look up a guy named Timothy McVeigh. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like you to look up how the right was talking about the federal government just before Timothy McVeigh blew up the Murrah Federal Building. It sounds, if it sounds eerily familiar, it's because it's the same fucking people. Well, and it's the way you. it's the way that a certain segment of conservative America talked about John F. Kennedy Absolutely. as well. I mean, right. this mm-hmm. has been going on our whole lives. Yep, yep, and they're all in one party now, isn't that yeah. handy? <laughs> well, um, it's conspiracy driven. It's there's a grand conspiracy out to get true Americans, right? And uh, the president is either, if he's on your side, the only person who's going to uh, prevail. Or in the case of Kennedy, he's part of the papist conspiracy against true America, against yes. white America, against Christian America. And uh, we have this, I mean, it's all deep state. All of that rhetoric is yeah, yeah. old it's as new. the hills. It's nothing new. And that's the problem because yeah. this is this is shit that, that Rod Serling, no kidding, was writing about in the 60s. Yeah. You know, and there's a whole – he does a whole lecture on this that I have on YouTube somewhere. I know he wrote about it in the L.A. Times mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that the the, the the Klan and the Birchers and the neo-Nazis are coming out of the sewers and they're going to the Republican Party. So all the people who are – again, they're all – almost all centrist, bullsiderist um, pundits and Republicans who are expressing shock that this is going on. This has been going – if you've actually lived in the world outside of Washington and New York – at any point in your entire life and interacted with crazy uncle Liberty. This is just how he talks. Yeah. This is what he believes. And he might not be the guy, you know, you know, raging through the streets with an AK 47 demanding the blood of tyrants when Barack Obama was president, but his heart and soul were with those people. This is a guy who listens to Rush Limbaugh all day long on the radio and watches Sean Hannity at night and has been doing it for years. So the idea that, there's this cult that has a belief that there's a great big conspiracy against you. The whole liberal media is against you. They lie yeah, to you Hillary all Clinton the time. is Satan and she abuses children and there's a worldwide conspiracy against right. children that has to be protected and whiteness and on. It, it's so we, the, the, the cornfield resistance partner, though, are not these people. No, no, no. We are the liberal response to that because, right. you know, only a good cult can beat a bad cult. I believe that's right. <laughs> I think that's NRA something or other. So uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, our cult, the Anon, 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 uh, is. That's what it's called, folks. Anon, Anon, Anon. Anon, Anon, Anon. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a response because um, we believe at Anon, 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 it's a private primal screen therapy group uh, for liberals who have had it up to here with insanity going on and on and on. Right. So, and their motto, I believe, uh, which I just wrote like 10 minutes ago, so bear with me, uh, is a not and on because this shit has gone on long enough. Yeah. So, and I came up with a uh, slogan for the Democrats who seem to be having a trouble problem with sloganing. Uh, and mine is enough already. Yeah. You know, really just, that's all you got to say. Enough already. I, I want- I want that on a bumper sticker. I saw a, a lovely bumper sticker on the Twitter, uh, which was um, hindsight 2020. <laughs> Looking backwards, uh, that, that was the thing that Sarah Huckabee Sanders instructed the media not yes. to do today. And you and I were uh, nodding our heads that, oh, look at this White House. Is anyone here surprised that, you know, it's against the rules to go back in the past and look right. at the look at the election. No, we're just talking about from now on how we're going to fix right. election security. Right. We the, don't have the, to learn uh, anything from what happened in the past. No. no. Don't look in the trunk, officer. There's what? nothing in the trunk. There's nothing back there. <laughs> don't look at all in the trunk. Yes, there's shit dripping out of it. Yeah, there's a hand, but that's that's behind us. Let's not look behind <laughs> us. Let's look in front of us where there's no actual evidence of anything yet because we haven't committed crimes in the future yet. Right. Uh, but that's been that if you had one characteristic that links all conservatives and i mean all conservatives 
is that they really, really are deeply invested in not looking backwards. You're never talking about the past. The shit that I did yesterday is off limits. And that is the lie that keeps uh, Joe Scarborough employed. It's the lie that keeps David Brooks employed. And it's the lie that keeps Rush Limbaugh on the air for 30 fucking years now is that we don't look back. We don't talk about the lies we told yesterday because then we look stupid in front of the liberals. We just keep grinding forward, telling new lies, paving a new road as we go. And that is how it's always worked. And so that's why memory is the liberal superpower. It really is. It really is. Uh, we want to remember a listener of ours who yeah. sent you a bottle of whiskey this week. Very fine bottle of whiskey. And... The bottle is decorated like a Japanese samurai. It is. Uh, and has already been claimed by a child in this yes. house. <laughs> the, yes, I, the actual bottle, not this whiskey. I no longer own the bottle. I own the contents, but I don't own the bottle. The bottle has been claimed by a middle child who's like, oh, yeah, no, that's mine. So, <laughs> so thank you for the lovely bottle. And the. I had a little sip. I'm not a whiskey drinker, but I had a little sip. Um, we'll get you there, Blue Gal. It's we'll get fine. You there. It's fine yeah. whiskey. It is it's fine, fine whiskey. whiskey. It sure yeah. as hell is. So um, we want to applaud uh, a new organization. We've never heard of them before. Last week, someone uh -huh. skipped us off. Good Karma Radio, yeah, is uh, the son of the man who founded Sirius XM, mm -hmm. based in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, uh, is buying up radio stations in Wisconsin, Ohio, and Florida, and. Uh, turning them away from all, all Rush Limbaugh all the time. <laughs> really? You mean, yeah. wait a minute, Blue Gal. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. You're telling me yeah. that a person with sufficiently large resources, you don't have to be a trillionaire. You don't no. have to be a no. Coke brother. But a person with enough money in the bank can actually buy a radio station, Blue oh, Gal? Oh, yeah. They can buy and, a radio and, station. And they and can make it, it into? They can, they can make it into, uh, they can either take out, just, to, just to, removing Rush and the right wing noise machine from am radio is a help <laughs> that is right, a help and in some cases yes they are partnering with espn and turning them into sports networks and and so forth but it does seem to be uh clearly an effort to clean up the toxic wasteland of radio broadcasting so and they bought a big station in wisconsin scripps sold uh its milwaukee radio stations to good karma for $16 million, it was announced on July 27th. So, yeah, I think that's so a good thing. A, we're starting a GoFundMe. All we need is half of that in cash, really. <laughs> we only and, need $8 million. What are we going to do with $8 million? Well, I, I, there's at least two local radio stations I can think of here that I would buy. Oh, that tomorrow. you would buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are plenty of liberals in town. Uh, mm -hmm. There was one person on the radio for a couple of hours a day who remotely sounds liberal, who is sandwiched between Rush Limbaugh and, I don't know, Mark Levin, mm -hmm. Sean Hannity. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. like you get whiplash. Like you got to hit. It's like it's like the cat that we own who can jump and land on the shower rail. Absolutely. And yep. nail it every time. You have to land exactly right to avoid getting your ears tainted with Rush Limbaugh or Hannity or Mark Levin. Mm -hmm. Um Mm -hmm. It's just right. You'll hear someone who talks liberally, uh, which shouldn't surprise you considering we're the state capital and there's a bunch of universities around here. And at least our precinct went for Hillary Clinton and Virginia yes, Democratic. So we're not, you know, deep, deep, deep in Trump country, but this is 60%. This is 60% yeah. Republican, yeah. except the media is like 90% tilted that way. And yeah. I'd like to experiment with taking the $6 million or $8 million that our listeners will send in on in increments of <laughs> 1 million or two. We would also take whiskey in lieu of cash. Cause oh, you know, well, yeah. we have a, that way we, we can just dream of owning a radio station while yeah. we're drinking. Yes. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, it helps the planning process. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. uh, just one lone little outpost here in the middle of middle America, telling the truth, uh, like our podcast one hour a week, uh, yeah. which would be kind of weird. Cause we'd have, I just another... feel like, I, pardon me for interrupting you. I just feel like, you know, the the left wing talk world has just jumped over AM radio, really which is has. too bad and gone to has. gone to web. And I understand that that audience that skews younger is always on their phone and, and listens to us on on phone or laptop or whatever they do. And that's great. We have lost a generation to Rush Limbaugh we really and, have. because of AM radio and 
truth should own that. And they don't. Well, here's the thing. When we buy this radio station, I'm, you notice how I'm, I'm, I'm moving from if to when. <laughs> when we buy this radio station, we can stream it online as well. You don't have to have your, your mom yeah. and dad's Filco radio at home. No, you don't. You know, wait that's for right. the tubes to get up. Although that's a, that's a, a lovely romantic thought. Um, well, and and let's let's give a shout out to Netroots Radio. You know, this yeah. is Netroots Nation this weekend. We're not there, but Netroots Radio has been very supportive of our show and always put yeah. it on every Saturday night. And it's it's Rush Limbaugh's thirtieth anniversary this month. This month, I wrote actually wrote a post and kept it in pending. Uh, boy, do I have a lot of posts in pending file uh. um, <laughs> about the little known anniversaries, important anniversaries. This month is the thirtieth anniversary of Rush Limbaugh being syndicated nationwide. Mm. Um, and I have a little post up if anyone wants to go read it. You're not obliged to, of course, that just traces sort of here's the history of how we went from Rush Limbaugh to Newt Gingrich to the uh, takeover of the Republican Party in 1994 by Rush Limbaugh and Newt Gingrich. There's a video up there of all the ladies uh, who are thanking Rush Limbaugh and giving him a plaque and calling him majority maker and, and saying very explicitly, this is the guy who got us elected, which was happened a quarter of a century ago. Mm-hmm. And bragging that there are no feminazis here. Women wow. saying there are no feminazis here. That's that's Republican women for you. That's how yeah. deeply in the tank they are. That's how deeply they have identified with people who are misogynist assholes. Um, and then you can jump ahead, um, you know, 30 years, 25 years, 20 years and see that, you know, here's Bill Crystal on on Morning Joe. And I finish off with a, a nice, uh, a nice little back and forth that happened, I believe, today, Blue Gal, yesterday or today. Yesterday, um, when the monster of the, yesterday, the monster the GOP created, called to thank his creator. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Rush Limbaugh got a quote unquote surprise phone call, which wasn't, I don't believe in any way, it was a surprise at all, from Donald Trump thanking him and how thrilled they are. I'm so thrilled. No, I'm thrilled. No, we're both so very thrilled. Isn't it exciting? And it you can trace an absolutely straight line between Rush Limbaugh becoming the voice of the Republican Party 30 years ago this month and Donald Trump being nominated and elected by all those people whose minds he poisoned 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Absolutely straight line. And my problem is that for 28 of those years, all of these never Trump people, all of these come to Jesus Republicans were perfectly OK with that. They pretended it didn't happen. They ignored it. They lied about it. They called people who were raising the alarm cowards and traitors and alarmists and fools. And here we are, a direct link between the alpha and the omega mm-hmm. of the modern conservative movement, proving with beyond any doubt that the left was right all along. And the response from the right and from the media is, for God's sakes, don't put any fucking liberals on television. Right. And I, I recall to, David Brooks actually saying on the news hour, well, I don't know what Rush Limbaugh says. Right. It's, I mean, it's a constant refrain of if that came up, well, I don't listen to that. I, that's not yeah, my it's, thing. It's fringe. It's yeah. it's the fringe. Yeah. It's the but fringe. it wasn't. It was the heartland. Like it was not. Exa- and then you get someone who is a con man, but who listens and consumes all of this media and listens to Rush Limbaugh and listens to Fox and gets all of his rhetoric at the very least and i do believe that donald trump is genuinely mentally one of them like that he believes what sean hannity says that he believes what rush limbaugh says and that he then turns around and sets policy based on that and so then he starts entering republican primaries and the voters wake up and listen to donald trump and say he's saying what i'm thinking that's right well, of course he is. He's regurgitating exactly what's been dumped into your brain for 30 years. So it's not a surprise that you would identify with what he's saying. Right. And and Donald Trump absolutely should call Rush Limbaugh on his 30th anniversary and praise him and thank him for all of his help because that's who built him. Yeah. And um, this is an audience who's been primed for 30 years to believe that colored people – uh, women and and liberals are in a massive conspiracy to take their money away and give it to worthless moochers mm-hmm. who want to open the borders up and let gangs of monsters flood into their country who are secretly in league with our enemies uh, who've been told this, who've been told basically lower your pants and bend over for any Republican con man who comes along and repeats the following code words mm-hmm. because they figured we're going to build this army of reprogrammable meatheads 
And then we're just going to use them to smash into any part of government we want. We're going to drive them into Congress. We're going to drive them into the Senate. We're going to drive them into the White House. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be great because nothing can stop them. They can't be reasoned with. They can't be talked to. They can't be negotiated with. And they can change their opinion on a fucking dime. And the purpose of that is that any time a dollar is printed by the Treasury, it will either be given to us, meaning rich people, or it will be uh, spent by us. And right. on on our prep projects, on our privatized schools, privatized roads, uh, it'll we'll get tax cuts for billionaires, deregulation. We'll own the public parks. We'll own the sky. We'll own the airwaves, and and that's it. Every time a dollar comes out of the treasury and it's held up by Steve Mnuchin's trophy wife, that's mm-hmm. our money. And, and, and it, we what we will do we in say. exchange for that is give the bigots a sense of power. An, and an imaginary sense of power and use them. We yep. Use them. Yep. We can drive them wherever we want them to go like a predator drone. Yep. Yep. And along came a better con man. Mm-hmm. 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 Simply took the controls away from them yep. and said, nope, I'll be – I know all the code words. I know yep. exactly what to tell these people. I know, I know where they come from. And the thing that just depresses the shit out of me, um, if I can uh, read you just one little bit. Do you mind if I read no, you one little right bit? No, go right this is something I wrote uh, a while ago uh, because the naked truth is that tax cuts are wholly written. Everything else is negotiable. And so tax cuts becomes another shitty pile of Republican dogma eternally in search of a shiny, bogus rationale. So it can be packaged and marketed to the toe counters and the politically ADD. And the, the way like energy policy, environmental policy, social security, et cetera, et cetera, the administration makes up its mind and plots its course, not based on facts or history, but based on that now familiar which bag of infantile, dry, drunk comprehension of the world, the most dangerous kind of fundy paranoid suspicions, the whims of the GOP corporate masters and the neocon opium dreams of American hegemony. Sometimes half-truths, sometimes just bald-faced lies, but they act with the knowledge that the ultras, the, the basically QAnon these days, the Republican base, will obediently and unquestioningly, unquestioningly bellow whatever slogans they're ordered to bellow, even if the messages change 180 degrees. And the so-called moderates of the world have long since had their political tubes tied and are now too far too gelded and gutless to stand up to the thugs who stole their party. Mm-hmm. How long ago did I write that, Blue Gal? I think it was like three weeks ago. 13 years ago. <laughs> 13 years ago. 13 fucking years ago. <laughs> Back when saying these things was a one-way ticket to oblivion, to yeah. Palookaville. You are never going to work in the media ever if you say this shit out loud. This is absolutely, positively uh, career suicide if you open your mouth and say this shit. And so now, what, what the fuck is wrong with the New York Times? What is going on with them? Well, it, it got really so on. bad that Lawrence actually read from the New York Times last night, Wednesday night, uh-huh. and, and said the word gullible. He said, this is the most gullible thing I've ever read in the New York Times. Like, oh, you haven't been reading the New York Times since 2015. Yeah. You know, Maggie, <laughs> my favorite thing that you wrote this week oh. was writing about the New York Times and Donald Trump working out joint custody of Maggie Haberman. Yes. yes. <laughs> and well, they did. That's exactly what they did. That was that. Yeah. And it was a meeting that, you know, a gullible third generation inbred New York uh, publisher uh, walks into a bar, you know, yeah. walks into uh, a meeting with Donald Trump where it's all supposed to be off the record. You know, we're, we're just going to sit down and chat about this kind of dangerous rhetoric that you're spewing. And it'll be off the record. Maybe we can come to terms and we'll just keep it, you know, on the QT. Mm-hmm. And then immediately afterwards, Donald Trump starts tweeting about it out in the out in the open. Yeah. And, yeah. and calling the New York Times everything but a child of God. And it is because, and this is a term I believe I quoted. I'm the I'm I'm going to now put trademark everything I say because <laughs> after dumpster fire, I really got to hang on to this stuff. Uh, magic ruralism. Magic ruralism of the New York Times. Yeah, because yeah. magic realism is in fact a genre of literature that combines realism with sort of fantastical elements to to be not quite science fiction, not quite fantasy, but it's a genre. Magic ruralism is exactly the same thing, except with heartland folk middle american you know plucky um genetically un, un, unfortunate uh individuals who who are economically anxious and live you know I, the titles such as rubes along the monongahela river come to, to mind 
Uh, and I've used this before. I've used the 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 bit from uh, Unforgiven, the the Duck of Death, where there's there's this literature of uh, the American West mm-hmm. that's heroic, and and it, it's all about defending the honor of a woman in a bar. And it turns out, no, everybody was drunk and everyone was an asshole, and and the guy who's your hero was a drunken asshole who straight up murdered this guy. That's the actual story. And the reason I know that's the actual story is because I was fucking there. Right. And the author right. is just floored because he came from wherever it was, Boston or New York, to, New York, to write this fiction about the American West. Mm-hmm. And when he confronted the actual American West, he pissed it, literally pissed himself. Yep. The yep. New York Times has gone into the fiction business. Yep. And what they do is they write genre fiction. And the genre they're most uh, they're most attached to currently is magic ruralism, mm-hmm. tales of true stories from the American frontier. And it's, but there's all kinds of subgenres the New York Times is in. And it's because, I, I, I swear this is true, because their target audience, the same thing is true with Meet the Press and all the other shows, their target audience are several thousand or several hundred thousand very, 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 very rich people that live in their little bubble. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those people want to read about disruption. They want to read about both sides being wrong because they don't want to take any responsibility for any fucking thing. And they want to read about plucky, adventurous peasants of the of the frontier mm-hmm. uh, who are who are struggling and who are Trump voters and who who sort of mumble out their rationale for believing these things because those people are a million miles away. And and they want those as entertainment. That's what amuses them. So the stories that amuse the rich underwriters of the New York Times are the stories that you and I are stuck with as news. And it's a genre. Yep. And I, I I'm a writer. I'm a writer enough to recognize genre fiction when I read it, and I recognize it because I read it every goddamn day in the paper. Yeah. It's the same story told over and over and over again. And there's no reason in the world. For the New York Times to keep printing the same stupid story over and over again unless there's a paying audience who wants to see it. Because a writer, trust me, a writer will write anything you want. You want detective fiction. You want hard-boiled. You want noir. Whatever the market will bear this week is what I will write. Well, the market right now, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and and frankly, every cable news show and meet the press, et cetera, is for the, the Trump voter. What are they thinking? What's going on in their heads? How are they rationalizing this? It's so very curious. The one group they never ask to opine on this subject are the people who could tell them what actually is going on. The people who are actually in the blue bottle whiskey, the blue bottle saloon mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. whiskey, Montana. Yep. Um, well, and they don't opinion. and they don't talk to working class African American women either. Nope. Oh, oh God, no. Yeah. Oh God, you know? no. Because they're not. Therein lies the problem. Uh, because. It, when you combine working class, African-American, and women, you've just created the thing that scares the shit out of Trump voters the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because their mythology is that, oh, those people are, are poor moochers who, uh, who want to wreck my country and take all my shit. Those are the people on, on whose behalf liberals want to steal my monies yeah. and give to them. And you, you actually start putting actual hardworking American, African-American women on camera and you start seeing that everything these people believe is, is bullshit. Yep. All their myths are bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, and, there's, and you start sweating away the layers. Well, okay, it isn't about your, your salary. It isn't about Mexicans. It isn't about uh, – I'm sorry. It, is, it definitely is. It isn't about your salary. It isn't about your economic anxiety. It isn't about whatever the hell else it is. It's about racism. Yeah. Yep. And yep. that's – and I've wandered so far afield, Blue Gal, that no, I think we should go back Bible to bitch. Our... Let's do a Bible bitch. Yes. Bible bitch. That's not scriptural. And I'm going to read from Luke 12. This is uh, the King James Version, actually. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And I wanted to bring that out because we had a so-called president of the United States just tweet obstruction of justice and jury tampering this week. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. But the choice that is being made in the Republican Party to pretend things didn't happen 
and to pretend that things in the past didn't happen and things that happened two minutes ago didn't happen. I feel like the the event horizon is shrinking so fast. If I may quote from Jaws, you're going to need a bigger memory hole. You're going to need a bigger memory hole. That's a great one. Yep. Yep. Because the case that they have against Paul Manafort is all on paper. It's turning out they don't need to take the risk of human witnesses changing their mind or pretending they don't know or don't remember or I, I'm not, I can't recall. He, you know, bank documents are bank documents and juries look at those and think, okay, that's the truth. I don't have to debate this. The nothing cover that shall be not be revealed, I think also applies to WikiLeaks this week. Oh, yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. It absolutely does. Those DMs. I mean, <laughs> what I said to a colleague was, this is me not falling off my chair hearing that WikiLeaks had anti-Semitism running through it. Right. And what happened I mean, with WikiLeaks this week was they got leaked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, and there was, were things thing- that they wouldn't want their public to know about being anti-Semitic that well, got revealed. Right? Oh, yeah. And, and this, uh, I'll step in this for one second. I'll step right out, I promise. Uh, this was the week that Glenn Greenwald... Um, blew away something like 25,000? I don't know. Yeah, something, everything from before 2016, he deleted yeah. it on he Twitter. He deleted all his tweets, deleted yeah. them all, and then then just, you know, just shit on people who called him on it. Yep, um, yep. And it all happened uh, in the month of July. That The reason that's important is because earlier in the same month, not 10 mm-hmm. years ago, he, he uh, really, I believe he attacked Matt Iglesias. Yeah, that's right. As that's right. As a coward, as a coward. Mm-hmm. For deleting his tweets because he didn't want to get caught. He didn't want to. He didn't want someone dragging his words and shoving them in his face and 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 showing them that he's a hypocrite, mm-hmm. he's a fucking coward. Mm-hmm. And Glenn Greenwald just nuked everything he had said prior to 2015. Was it? Yep, I think 2016. Um, and, and it was just, some date that it was a date situation. It was a and just he shrugged it clearly off. De- deleted everything from pr- prior to a specific date. Yeah. Because now that now that the Russia past. is the past, that, yeah. Yeah. Well now that Russia is a problem, a real honest to God problem that people uh-huh. people, you know, John Cusack is no longer shrugging this off. Right. Um, right. Know, the Trump, the um, rather the the Greenwald um celebrity constellation, shall we say. Not the hardcore Greenwald horde, but the 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 folks who were like dilettantes and like the whole idea of disruption and transparency this is reeking so hard that they can't play in that in that playground anymore right. and so glenn just has to get rid of all the shit that that people like me uh if he didn't block me would go through and say this is where you said this and this is the opposite this is where you said this this is the opposite mm-hmm. i have no problem with people changing their mind glenn right. i have a real problem in that right. you persecute people for the slightest fucking infraction of rules that you yourself have no intention of following. You're a fucking hypocrite and you're a Russian stooge. And here's the evidence. And that is not a conversation that Mr. Greenwald, who's sitting out a quarter billion dollars in media money from Pete Omidyar wants to have with anyone. He wants to be able to write whatever the fuck he wants, say whatever the fuck he wants, live in Brazil off the high hog, appear on Fox News as Tucker Carlson's sidekick, and not take any shit from anybody about the fact that he's a hypocrite and he's a Russian hack. And, and Plus, I want to, I'm going to change gears with you for just sure. a minute, but not really. I want to talk to you about allies. Oh, yes. Because th- it has come uh, to some people's attention on Twitter, and people are very worried about you. Oh, I know. Uh, and and you're, how strident you are, Driftglass. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, you want to explain that joke, Lugo? Yeah. Well, I did. I actually did a Photoshop of uh, it wasn't Greenwald. It was Trump and Putin and Julian Assange and uh, Karl Marx on fl- on Russian flags. It was uh-huh. a you know, Russian propaganda poster. But yeah. instead of Lenin and it had just I kept Marx and then I put Assange and and uh, Trump and Putin. And I made this in the summer of 2016. Mm-hmm. OK, before the election, before we even believed that Trump could be president, I made this and I had, uh, you know, join something to the effect of join us, comrades, control, alt-right, delete. You know, the, the emails, that was it. The right. emails, comrades, control, alt-right, delete. And uh, <laughs> one of my colleagues at Crooks and Liars, I was going to put it up for an open thread. And uh, one of my colleagues at Crooks and Liars said, yeah, I, I wouldn't, you know, that's a little bit strident. <laughs> 
And so I just put it in a folder and saved it. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, I mean, now it's tame. It's completely tame, well, right? That, that's the thing. And the reason that Blue Gal was tugging my uh, tugging my beard there a little bit, yeah, was yeah. Um, behind the scenes. Uh, we have made inquiries from time to time about. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not grotesque. I have a moderately pleasant voice, and I happen to be right about a lot of things. I'm. I believe that people like me and Blue Gal and Digby and 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 our little circle of you know old school liberals are every bit as good and competent and capable sitting in front in behind a microphone. As anyone who's a pundit right now. So why not put an actual liberal with actual memory uh, who can speak rather intelligently? I'm, I'm running on two hours sleep right now, so I'm, I might be tripping yeah, over poor, my quarter class. Yeah, but, uh, but we could do it. This is not rocket science. You and I could do what um, Charlie Sykes does, you know, in our sleep. Yeah. We yeah, can absolutely and, do it. And good karma radio should know we can do clean, too. Like, yeah, you know, oh, when we're clean. When we're guests on other podcasts and there are some that say, I, you know, I keep my Apple ID as safe for work. I make sure that Apple knows that I'm clean, you know, so I do not say I do not swear on my show. And we right. totally obey that. You know, hey, we're when, happy when, to be on a guest on shows where that's their guideline. We're in their when, house. Absolutely. When we're, reading in, when we're reading aloud in church, I don't go, right. you know, yeah. here's what God really meant. Me, man, what the fucking fuck are you doing with that fucking thing, you fuckers? Well, I leave you might that really to, admit that. No, I, I leave that to the imagination of the of the reader. I do believe there are God's angels that swear. I absolutely believe oh, yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. But the to point being yeah. the point being that my my little, you know, my shtick, my, the thing I do, the the way I write, the way I talk, the way I communicate hasn't changed in 13 yeah. years. And honestly, yeah. I, I just started blogging because I needed an outlet and it seemed like an appropriate place to start writing uh, because Steve Gilliard kicked me off of his blog. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I've been talking and, and, and thinking this way for 30 years, for longer. Mm -hmm. So it's not like this is a new thing. And I know how to modulate. I know when to swear and when not to. Uh, but after making some discreet inquiries a few years ago, before Donald Trump, before all this other other stuff hit the fan, uh, I was told in no uncertain terms that I, uh, I, people are aware of who I am. Uh, and there's no way I'm ever going to get in front of a microphone or behind a microphone because I'm too strident. Yeah, too strident. <laughs> uh, just no, no, no. Just you, you are way, way too strident for, for uh, primetime there, Drift Class. And it's never going to happen. <laughs> and now I turn on television and go, what the, well, when did, did I sleep through the entire flip over? Yeah, yeah. What happened? What the yeah. hell happened? Because yeah, you've I got ex-Republicans or, or never Trump Republicans. And let, let's face it, I do not trust them. No. I will I'm take happy, your vote. I, I'll take their vote. And I'm happy that they want Democrats to be elected this term. Sure. But we've got concerns about Social Security and Medicare and defense spending and our status in the world. And, mm. and, and, and I look at where, you know, they have a policy against trump but where is their policy on social security and medicare are they are not with us no for the long you know they're here and we're going to talk about chris coons this way but actually <laughs> these never trumpers are here for a good time and not a long time yeah that's a line and, and, we picked up from uh middle child's uh music playlist i think hi i'm u.s senator chris coons from delaware a member of the senate judiciary committee um and and they're here they're here to keep their brand going and keep that keep that microphone which is an addiction, mm -hmm. and uh, we don't trust them past this election cycle because no, we expect fully expect them to get behind some rebranding effort that puts uh, tax cuts and deregulation and blame Medicare for the deficit. Uh, party, you know, that that's going to come back. Bruce so, Bartlett, Bartle, who seems like a decent man and a never yeah. Trump and, and was and left the Republican Party, you know, long before this happened. I believe. Right, so you right. know, I, yep. I like him yep. and I respect him, but he really has a sore spot for people who say, I don't trust Republicans. You guys wouldn't get mm -hmm. off the fucking island during the Bush administration. You didn't leave the right. party when when birtherism took the place over. How the hell right. can I trust you now? And his response was, if you're going to make us crawl over broken glass to become a Democrat, you know, you're going to drive away good people. And the response was not for me. I forget who it was from was like, that's weird because when I wanted to vote for Democrats, all I did was go down to the courthouse and register as a Democrat. 
They didn't make right. me crawl over anything. And if I want to vote right. for a Democrat, all I got to do is go to the polling place and check Democrat. And vote for Democrat. No one's yeah. making you go through any hoops to actually support Change the parties. Democratic Party yeah. or, or vote in the Democratic. What people are pointing out is, all right, that's great. It's great that you suddenly fucking notice your party is full of Republicans. What the mm-hmm. hell happened mm-hmm. to you for the last 30 years? And right. Right. more importantly, what do you bring to the table? Because if all yep. you bring to the table is shit that Drift Class was saying 15 years ago, then shut up and go away. Give him the job. You you have right. nothing to add to this conversation that, that liberals haven't always been saying. So why do you have a microphone? And the reason I am sort of strident about this issue, Blue Gal, <laughs> is that way back when I started blogging and when once the Bush administration did collapse around 2007, when it was pretty clear, I vividly recall – how people were saying, you know what, you know, Blue Gal, future historians are going to write books about how the Bush administration destroyed the Republican Party and broke Fox News and wrecked the careers of people like Bill Kristol and David Brooks and Michael Gerson and Mark Thiessen and David Fromm and Jennifer Rubin and Joe Scarborough. And oh, that's right. None of that happened. Right. None of it happened. The, the Bush administration should have been enough to do all this stuff. It, the, the, the criminal... The criminality and the criminal competence and the treason and the lying were all there. None of this is new. And all of these people skated on those original charges. All of them just uh, just stopped talking about it, just pretended it never happened. And because mm-hmm. they control the newspaper and because they control the cameras and because they control the radio station, they can just sit there and pretend that it never happened. And they can okay, make but, sure that- But Drift Glass, Drift Glass, Donald Trump may not be good for America. But it's damn good for CBS. Damn right. So you want to talk about Les Moonves for a minute, Blue <laughs> Les Gal? Les Moonves. Yeah. I want to talk about Stephen Colbert's response. He made a really good point on his show, which is, you know, Les Moonves helped us build this show. The show that I'm sitting at right now, he hired me. And he stuck with our show when it was trying to find its feet. And uh, that does not mean that he should, he, like the president of the United States, should not be held accountable. Uh, and the reason... And then he made another point that really stuck with me, which is this sort of violent response is the Me Too movement of kind of removing these men from public life and how Mm -hmm. perhaps the the punishment doesn't fit the crime. And he said, well, because the women and the victims were silenced for so long, that is why things snap back so hard. And you can't expect if you're going to tamp down and silence your victims, and this is what the Republican Party is trying to do, expect a hard pushback, expect that the consequences of that are going to be much sharper than you want them to be. And uh, I wanted to add, I wanted to weave into that conversation. Uh, One of my favorite YouTubers his name is Willem. He used to be on, uh, he was kicked off of, actually, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Willem is a drag queen, performance artist, uh, does a web show on YouTube uh, called The Beatdown. And uh, he <laughs> watches other YouTube videos and, in a comedic way, makes fun of them. And But one of the things that gets under Willem's uh, skin the most and he does it in full drag his his makeup his wigs are just fabulous they're marvelous uh but he's also uh willem is also a uh very gifted uh director and uh performance analyst producer like he really and i don't i'm sorry i'm i'm not quite sure which pronoun to use i do believe he uses he and i'm using he believing from watching his videos that he uses he uh, and and genuinely, let me just say, I'm using he because I believe that's what he wants me to use. So if I'm wrong, I'm, I apologize. Uh, Willem uh, really has a sense of performance art. And when he when someone is trying to do drag or trying to do a dance or uh, do a performance and he's critiquing it, he gives amazing feedback. I, I I have commented at his YouTube site and said, you really should charge the person that you told to fix the lighting, to do this yeah. kind of lighting, you need this many lights when you're doing drag because uh, drag 
you need really bright light in your face because if you put sh- uh, shadows are are the drag queen's enemy. And and he gives just tremendous advice. But one of his <laughs> bailiwicks is when someone on YouTube says, uh, I'm making this YouTube video consciously and intentionally, and I'm going to show, I'm, I'm going to do this technique just for you. <laughs> and he's talking to the camera on YouTube, and it's not just for you, it's for every, you know, anyone that clicks play. And he's talk he talks about... Uh, decision trees and he says you've walked through a whole di- bunch of decision trees getting to the point where you press publish on a youtube and <laughs> so don't tell me i'm doing this intentionally of course you're doing it intentionally you're on youtube you, you you already made this decision and it just clicked with me how that connects to what Stephen Colbert said about Les Moonves and what the Republican Party is doing right now, that there are just conscious, these are conscious decisions that people are making. It is a conscious decision that CBS executives had their secretaries fill out and, and do the training on sexual harassment, the online training. They had their secretaries do it for them. And sign, they signed off on They're it. Busy man, blue gal. Very busy. <laughs> They're very, very busy. Busy. <laughs> busy executive. That to me, I I heard that, and that was a punch in the gut to me. Yeah. Oh God. It's 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 not just we do this and we we hug and kiss people that don't at work who work for us that don't want that kind of attention, and uh, we live we create a culture that is unfriendly to women who won't accept that kind of behavior, and we will not promote women who don't don't accept our uh, sexual harassment. But to to then when HR actually tries to do something about it and provide training as to what you're not supposed to do, they don't take it seriously, and require underlings female underlings to do it for you it's just the most insulting yeah. thing it's very madmen you know it's very madmen and so uh but i i think one of what <laughs> the lead up to this of ronan farrow has an article coming out and everybody <laughs> knows what it's gonna be right <laughs> <laughs> yes they do and Uh-oh. and but but it's going to be well researched and you're going to show the decision tree. You're going to show that all of this was intentional. And I think that's what yeah. you're saying when you talk about the history of Rush Limbaugh and Newt Gingrich and Donald Trump and the Republican Party. This didn't happen by accident. Oh, all no. along no. the way, you had a decision tree that said, no, we're going to run a Willie Horton ad. And that's going to win an election for us because we know that we're going to do push polling in South Carolina against John McCain about his black baby. And and we know that our voters are bigots and we know that works. And for, uh, you know, (laughs) Charlie Pierce was tweeting about seeing Sarah Palin's babysitters running MSNBC for a night. Yeah. You know, and. And wondering aloud, how did this happen? What happened? What happened, what happened here? Yeah. I don't know what happened. Do yeah. you know Steve Schmidt? Steve no, Schmidt I have no idea. Going, I don't know what happened. And so the, there were conscious decisions in the Republican Party among very well-paid people as to what is going to happen. And <laughs> I want to talk for just a second because you and I watched the former chairman of the Republican National Committee talk about how... Uh, it's not going to be hard to lose the house this term. Michael Steele has pretty much given up and he's angry because he sees Uh-oh. all of his, all of the work that he did in 2010. <laughs> well, oh. see, this is where you and I would have well, to no, respectfully. He, he, he was chosen for a very specific reason in 2009 to run <laughs> the Republican party. Yes. His job yeah. was to pre- pretend that none of this shit was happening. Right. Right, that there wasn't bigotry in the Republican yeah. Party. Yes, and yes. I can, I can bring you. I, I have the article in my queue somewhere from Politico of of him uh, when he says a few harsh words about Rush Limbaugh, and Rush yes. Limbaugh stomped on his neck, and Michael Steele went on bended knee to Rush Limbaugh to apologize yep. to him yep. for saying, "For his, oh, you're a powerful man, Rush. You're big in the party. You're very important. I didn't mean anything by it." His job was to grovel to racists like Rush Limbaugh. And to then turn around and go on the talk shows and pretend that none of this was happening. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, you know, I have all this shit in my archives. He went and he admitted the Southern strategy existed, which was a big breakthrough for him. 
But then he turned around and said, but but once Bill Clinton came to power, Bubba went home to the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that the racists all left in 1992, all the racists left the Republican Party and went over to, and to Bill Clinton's house. Yep. And that's where they're all at now. None of that's going on in the Republican Party now. No sorry, Bob. And he goddamn well knew that was a lie. And he goddamn well knew he was hired to front for the Republican Party because he was black. Because he could go out and say, you can trust me. I'm a black man. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't front for a bunch of racists. The Republican Party isn't that at all. Mm-hmm. That was his whole fucking job. And now that he and, – and I, I do want to get back to one thing and then get back to Michael Steele, which is yeah. the idea of punishment among these people is – is radically different than my idea of suffering and punishment. Are you talking about atonement? Yeah, well, the, the idea that Bill O'Reilly, his punishment is that he gets to sit on all the millions and millions and millions of dollars he made and be an asshole on Twitter and pretend he still has a career. You know, the punishment for Bill Crystal being wrong is that he gets to be on television still. He just doesn't have to, he doesn't have a front row seat anymore. The idea that Les Moonves might lose his job Dude, people lose their jobs every day for much less shit. It's the idea that you're going to take me out of the spotlight. You're going to remove me from the the center of power. That's the real punishment. No, no. The real punishment is being poor, being sick, having no health care, living under a fucking bridge. The real punishment is having your children thrown in a cage. That's real punishment. That's real pain. You have no fucking idea what real pain is like. For Michael Steele, it's being deprived of a moment in the spotlight that he feels should be his. And and the 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 degree of obliviousness and remove these people have from the real lives of real people that they would think that it's their just their goddamn right to have a place at the national table mm-hmm. because I'm Bill Crystal and I get to have these things. Um is what floors me. So it, it. I just wanted to take a little aside there and point out that they have no idea how the rest of the yep. country lives. These are not people who will ever struggle to pay a bill, who will ever struggle for the mortgage, who will never have to worry about whether or not their you know, broken leg or, or a sudden illness is going to bankrupt them and ruin their family. They do not live in the same country the rest of us live in. And it shows. And it absolutely shows in their priorities. So going back to Michael Steele, Michael Steele is mad. Well, yeah, he was very angry today uh, with Hallie Jackson. And uh, she sort of took offense at his tone because he was sort of yelling at her. But he he basically gave up the ghost on on November. Like, no, we're going to (laughs) lose. And I have to come on your show and discuss it. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, yeah, you do. If you want to get a paycheck from MSNBC, yeah, you do. There's a tremendous burst among college-educated white women in the polls uh, that has gone from 48-52 Democrats to 75-20 for Democrats. It's almost as if, you know, grabbing a woman by her genitals is Mm -hmm. making her upset and she wants to run away from that. (laughs) Is frowned upon in this establishment. Upon in this establishment, mm-hmm. uh, you said something. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple minutes because yeah. I love this line that you typed in our notes about. As happens every time his Republican Party gets caught bearing a dead hooker, David Brooks got on his third party hobby horse. He did. He did. Both sides um, are equally bad. We need a third party. Yes. It's, it's and. This is exactly the same column he wrote. I mean, in 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 form mm-hmm. to the to the column he wrote when Ned Lamont looked like uh-huh. he was going to, uh, 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 Joe Lieberman. Yep, yep. Back in the two thousand, back during the Bush administration, yeah. Yeah. and and it was well. On the one side, you have Tom Delay, <laughs> who's a monster, <laughs> but on the other side, you have the net roots Tom Delays on the left, uh-huh. and. What we really need is a McCain-Lieberman third oh party. Just saw, and he, every time things look good for the Republican Party, as happened in 2014, suddenly everything's fine. Mm-hmm. We don't need a third party. The Republican Party's doing great. They put Sarah Palin behind them. Tom Cotton is our bright future. Everything's going to be fucking Jake. Don't worry about a thing. The minute that turns out to be completely wrong, and the Republican Party is, in fact, a monster factory, David Brooks suddenly finds fault with both sides and declares that we need a third right. party. 
The only thing that changes is his rationale for it. And his rationale back in the 2000s was Tom DeLay versus the Netroots Tom DeLay, the crazy lefty flamers who, are, who, are, who, who don't want to compromise about anything, who are making our political discourse so difficult and uncivil, Blue Gal. Now it's the crazy liberal, the crazy leftist senators who are chasing the crazy leftist socialists off a cliff are going to drive voters away. What we really need, Blue Gal, is a radical localist third party. Uh Blah, 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 blah. Because it is impossible, short of waterboarding this guy, to make him admit that the problem is and always been has been his Republican Party. That's what he gets paid to say. So I know that college-educated white women are having a problem, but college-educated David Brooks's, (laughs) who are also white, are have no problem with what's going on inside our political system that can't be solved with an imaginary unicorn third party that just happens to agree with everything David Brooks says. Um, And along that spectrum, Donald Trump has not lost college-educated white cyborgs. Because because this was also the week when Hugh Hewitt, who for for reasons I do not understand, still is under contract to Comcast and NBC, even though he doesn't show up on their, their TV show, except as a guest, and still has a, a column in the Washington Post in which he explains, even if you hate Donald Trump, you need to vote Republican because Democrats are worse. Well, and it's going to be so divisive if the Democrats win. Sure. That was his he he, he thought that we would have more culture war mm-hmm. if the Democrats win. And we really want peace. So let's a vote for an all Confederate party and everyone will get along in Washington that way. <laughs> well, and, and he's. He's delighted that the overwhelming, and now I'm quoting the overwhelming liberal bias in the legacy legacy media, save for Fox News, has been revealed. Uh-huh. That Donald Trump has ripped the mask off of that great big lie. Trump derangement syndrome is real, Blue uh-huh. uh-huh. And the president has surrounded himself with superb cabinet members. Mm. And it just goes on and on wow. and on. And you know well, what? he's protecting his Rolodex for as long sure. as he possibly can. Well, and... Yep. and as a good both siderist, you know, this, uh, as we know, Hugh Hewitt is a cyborg sent from the future to destroy America. We all know right. that. That's a fact. That's a fact of science. Um, <laughs> we also know that that there's no difference between Trump and Obama because Trump, uh-huh. Trump intentionally incites his opponents with mockery and disdain. So did Barack Obama. This is when I need to join the Anon, Anon, Anon yeah, it's- uh, primal scream therapy group. I need that now. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Chris Coons from Delaware a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee. We are at time, Driftglass. <laughs> but but please be aware that Donald yeah. Trump is uh, losing it. And we're going to watch this ship go down uh, together. It's going to be ugly and it's going to be noisy. And uh, please try to keep a sense of inner peace. I actually, we have we have a writing class that we teach on Wednesday nights. And I went and wrote postcards to God about how noisy everything is and how I I need a sense of peace about this. And I actually found some peace from doing that. So whatever it takes for you to uh, stay on an even keel while, uh, you know, this, this artificial, inconsistent, incompetent nut uh, loses his mind while his uh, crimes are being uncovered, uh, do that and know that we are with you. We are, you are not alone. Uh, we'll get through this, but it's it's clear that this is this is going down now. Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is a collie. We actually have an Internet dog this week, a beautiful collie named Kobe. Kobe is a lovely dog, and we welcome Kobe to our Facebook page and website. You can send your internet kitty or whatever other pet you have to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service Go Postal Unions letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution. You can too. See our website, proleftpod.com, for details. We have PayPal, Patreon, GoFundMe, 
and our postal address information. It's all there at proleftpod.com. And whatever way is easiest for you to donate is fine with us. We are looking for uh, some new donors, about 10 new donors to donate $5 a month on Patreon. That will match uh, the salary from Drift Glass's job that he that he was laid off from earlier this summer. And that'll just be a peace of mind kind of fun thing to know. Like, oh, we didn't need that job after all because mm-hmm. Patreon's paying that salary. So if you are, have never donated before, uh, check out Patreon and maybe get $5 a month there so we can uh, write that into our column and say, oh, look, we don't, we didn't need that job. Please share our show on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you are on social media. And thank you so much for doing that. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties have joined Canon where they don't have to deal with anybody until mealtime. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2018, DGBG Productions Incorporated.